Let's go. Welcome to Micromobility, a podcast exploring the disruptive potential of lightweight utility vehicles. Using the history of computing as a framework, we examine how these technologies will upend everything we thought we knew about the future of urban transport. The host of the show is Horace Deju, founder of Asimco.com, and I'm his co-host, Oliver Bruce. All right, welcome back to Micromobility. We've been, we've been off for a bit of a break, haven't we, Horace? How are you doing? Oh, yeah, it's been a crazy few weeks, but I think you've been having more fun than me. So uh, tell us, were, were you, were you micromobility off-road or something like that? I, I was. It wasn't quite micromobility because it, was, it, was uh, it wasn't electric, but it was 50cc motorbikes over the Atlas Mountains in Morocco, courtesy of a company called The Adventurists, um, uh, and a, an adventure called the, the Monkey Run, which was hilariously good time. Then. Well, so what kind of bike was this? Is, this? is this those Honda, what are, what are they called? The, uh, yeah, they're called bike? Monkey Bikes. They're just, they're like child-sized motorbikes. And for some, I'm, I'm like six foot two. So, I mean, hysterically <laughs> funny. <laughs> we had, we had four of us from New Zealand and uh, it was, it was, it was quite a hoot. Cause you know, you go through, you go through villages on this thing as a kind of motorcycle gang, but you're all on these miniature clown sized bikes <laughs> and all the kids find it hysterically funny. And you, yeah, no, the whole thing's, the whole thing's stupid, but it's, it's great fun. Oh, great that fun. sounds really neat. So, um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I've been also kind of just hopping around a lot of travel. I'm actually in Los Angeles now. I was in San Francisco before that. I was in Boston before that uh, with a slight like road trip to New York and back. And then I went to, I was, I was in Switzerland before that. I'm starting to forget, even though it's only been a week. <laughs> I was going to say, your, your schedule was like most impressive out of pretty much anybody I've met. I think, uh, yeah, it's I, I don't think I've ever had you like more in, in place for more than like what three, four days at a time. I, I think that I, for the last two months, I think two days has been my my longest stretch. I actually t- this weekend has had. I take that back. It's just as of tonight, I'm gonna have three days. But yeah, it's been a, it's been like that for for a bit. Um, I promised my wife that I'd be at home for almost all of May. So let's see if I can if I can keep that promise. Except for the one trip to New Zealand, I should point out for the... the well, that's in the conference. beginning, yeah. So in the beginning of May, I'm going to be in New Zealand. Just to let you know, the reason I was in San Francisco is I attended a, uh, a conference, which is called the Bicycle Leadership Conference, or BLC. And it's actually for real bicycle executives or uh, you know people who are fairly high in the leadership structure of the bicycle value chain and distribution, supply chain, everything. You know, the, the former CEO of Giant Bikes was there. I mean, he ran the business for 40 years. And, and so Giant is the largest bike ma- maker in the world. But, he, you know, he was there from the very beginning in the 80s or 70s. And he sort of built the business. And uh, just a, an amazing collection of of the cycling world. I, I came for part of it just to give a talk on micromobility, which Turn, you know, it's not exactly what they do. I mean, although we think about micromobility as cycling is a big part of it, but cycling industry is not selling micromobility. They're, they're selling bicycles. It's the same question. Like yeah. if you went to the car show. It's the same show. with cars, right? Versus yeah, if, yeah, like Uber exactly. or something like that. It's yeah. exactly what I thought when I was in the audience. I was saying this is like going to an auto show. Well, not an auto show is where you're showing the product, but maybe like more like an auto executive conference that's dealing you know with the questions about the industry and not so much consumer but rather business to business 
and and, and so it's a deep deep decision, you know discussion about the, the the your core industry and yet you're not really talking about Uber you're not talking about Lyft you're not talking about the mobility solutions out there because the, that's the essence of a kind of a disruption is that the the incumbents see the world through a different set of lenses they see the world through a different perspective as to what the value is what how do you what do customers are buying versus what is being sold right there's this distinction between the job to be done so they are selling bicycles but the customer is buying probably they're buying leisure exercise a feeling of of freedom all kinds of things. Now, the sellers are still selling bicycles, right? So Yeah, of course. But then it comes along somebody and says, I'm going to sell mobility, which is access to transportation and access in, in places that normally you wouldn't have it, which is putting a bicycle on the street in the city where you normally don't have it because you have a bicycle in the garage. And that's such a different thing that... So bicycle makers just kind of look at it like a deer into the headlights. They just don't see yeah, totally. what it is. Not to say they're foolish, but I'm just saying the, the, that is the essential feeling you get. And this is why this is such a strange world to be in that who do you turn to is the question, right? Who do you turn to for, for an understanding of what you're doing? And the answer is nobody because nobody's doing what you're doing. Nobody's doing micromobility. It's an invented idea. And so uh, you can't go to the car makers. You can't even go to the car sharing companies. And this is what actually I want to talk about today. Yes. Well, before we get into that, just very mm-hmm. quickly, a couple of things. Would love. Where are we at on the book? We managed to close the book, didn't we? We, we did. We did. We had a, 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 almost 200 people. I don't forget exactly, 190 plus, I think, as sponsors or, or what's the word? Uh, pledges? No. Uh, yes. Pledges. Yeah, I think pledges. Um, backers, I think backers is a technical term. So yeah, almost 200 people backing it. And so we, I was just meeting with Judd, uh, who's my editor and, or our editor. And he, we have the text all done. I'm going to do another revised, uh, you know, revision uh, on that, um, after the, 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 uh, the, the sort of technical edits. And then we need to put together illustrations, um, into the book and then, in, in, you know, into the, the, the poster, and um, and then we're ready to ship. And then we're still, you know, we're targeting May. Yep. And we need to sign, by the way. That's another thing. We need to have the, the, the copies signed. And then they'll go into shipping. So, yeah, we'll, we're on schedule with that. And, we, of course, we did. We're very grateful. We raised uh, over $12,000. And that's going to go quite nicely towards the, the actual execution of the book um, and continuing the podcast series, as, as you know. Yeah. Absolutely. And then just a quick update. Obviously, there's been a couple of people who have hit me up, but you will have seen the podcast has shifted from 5x5 over to micromobility.io. Um, we've done that to just sort of keep all of the, the various, well, Horace writing some blogs, uh, micromobility.io. We have more to announce regarding a conference and an event, which we can talk about in a second. Um, and now we're hosting the podcast there as well. So um, yep. if anybody's looking for all of that information, that's where that's shifted across to. And if you want to uh, sponsor, we- if you want to sponsor, now you speak with us directly. And so reach out and we can uh, make sure you're... you're uh, Ideas are unheard by by all our great listeners. Absolutely. And speaking of the event, we we now have uh, announced the Micromobility Conference in Europe. 
Yes, Europe, in particular Berlin, Germany, and it's happening October 1st, and we have the venue. I forget exactly the name, but, um, you know, I actually went scouting in, uh, was it February? No, it was in, in March. I went over to Berlin, looked at a couple of venues and tried to find a, where we would have it, and oh, a lot of a lot of issues with uh, trying to find the perfect place, mostly because things get booked up early, and and so we're actually so aggressive in our schedule that we we normally the best venues are taken a year or even two in advance and so there's a there's a limited window usually when you can do good conferences because of holidays because of vacations and so the 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 sweet spot is september october and so we managed to find one venue that was the right size the right atmosphere the other thing to point out, okay, so why Berlin? I just want to quickly mention that. Uh, we had invitations from many other places. We had invitations from Hanover, Frankfurt, Barcelona, London, Copenhagen again. And we actually, we didn't do the easy thing, which is to go with some of these great partners, but we went with Berlin because Berlin is the software, how, you know, the home of software in Germany. And Germany is the home of the industrial base of continental Europe. And, and so we wanted to be in the largest market for equipment, for, for vehicles. And we wanted to also, you know, attract uh, some of the uh, potential sponsors who are from, from the uh, automotive sector and, um, and, uh, and, uh, and the components of automotive that are increasingly going into vehicles like micromobility, so motors and, yeah, awesome. and, and drives and so on. I think it's going to be, uh, I think it's, it's going to be, it's going to be excellent. I know James is very excited about it as well. Uh, it's James Gross who's, who... We, um, we started Thursday. It's now, I'm, we're speaking on a Sunday. We started Thursday and, and so basically we had two days of sales and already we're, we're above the, the number of tickets that, that the first conference uh, ever in micromobility had. So in, in, in one day, we, we, we sold more than that uh, first conference in, in back in uh, 2017. It seems like eons ago, but we, we're doing pretty well on that. But make sure you sign up. I think we're going to run out of tickets on early bird within days. And so hopefully this comes out before that happens. Yep, absolutely. Excellent. All right. Well, um. Now we get to go and dissect the uh, the Uber S one. Yeah, so this is quite a this has been quite a uh, exciting a moment. Uh, coming only weeks after Lyft IPO, uh, we have we have Uber coming out and becoming a public company. And and when you read the S one, I haven't read the whole thing. I focused on a couple of sections that deal with uh, with segmentation of trip uh, of their addressable market, and they do uh, segment their addressable market by by uh, travel distance, also by geography. But that's a very good sign that they begin with the, the number of miles traveled. And, and so they see themselves as, a, as, a, as a having, you know, serving a market for miles. I've been advocating yep. a market for miles as a way to think about transportation. And in particular, micromobility is a subset of those miles because it is the short distance, uh, this short distance part of that. And what was striking about the S1 is that I'm trying to just make sure I, I tee this up, but um, th- what was striking about the uh, the S1 was that the emphasis on on the micro mobility in terms well they don't call it that they call it new mobility by the way that's one thing I have against this. Yeah, this well, the new mobility is reference to so so there's 
and I should probably provide a little bit of a disclosure, which is I worked at Uber from 2015 to 2018. But um, the new mobility includes everything. So that's that's actually includes their transit team as well, the, the public mm -hmm. transit integration team as well um, as the micromobility unit. Um, and Yeah, because actually uh, searching the... And some of the other areas as well. Yeah, searching the document, there were zero references to micromobility, um, which I'm, I'm a little disappointed by. But, uh, <laughs> as the godfather of the word Horace, I can understand yeah, that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But it was it was because uh, you know they they did mention the lift. Uh, sorry, the the bird. Uh, um, sorry, the jump. Uh, the jump acquisition. Uh, actually, give the exact figure of how much that was. By yeah, the it was one hundred and thirty nine um, million. It's on page yes, something. Yes. Uh, yes. And Forty seven was in cash, and the rest was in equity, and so on. Yeah. Um, yeah. But they they. Um, what they do is, I'm trying to get to that um, to that section here. The, when they segment the um, the market by distance, and oh, and that's so on I, page 163 uh, to 167. Yeah, just for right. for reference, it's it's worth uh, it's anybody who wants to go and check this out. It's it's available for download from the SEC website. Um, so if you exactly. just search for Uber Uber S dash one. You can uh, download the doc, and it's it's a it's a pretty staggering read. Like it's a very, I mean, I I was at Uber um, during that period of really pretty rapid growth. I left about a year ago, um, and it's <laughs> it's interesting to see that even in that period that uh, I was I have been away from it. I mean, they're now at like fifty billion dollars a year and um and, and run rate for for gross revenue or gross bookings, which is really pretty substantial. But the, the, the part that I found super interesting from, from your perspective is the total addressable market because they, they, they went and laid out what they think the total addressable market is globally, and that's 11.9 trillion miles a year in 175 countries. And the reason that they say that is because they don't include Russia, any of the countries in uh, Southeast Asia or China, um, because of their, obviously, their, um, they've got the, the lockups or the, um, with Didi and Yandex and... Um, and grab in those markets. So the 11.9 is actually a breakdown of about um, seven something, about 7.5, I think, um, trillion in car miles and about 4.4 in public transit, which is an interesting, I, I, th I thought that was a really interesting idea that they would have broke those out. Well, so, so we can go through the table just quickly because what's interesting to me is I've done this same exercise myself, and I gave a talk about it at the conference. Um, yeah. So you begin with uh, what you call TAM, or t total addressable market, is in terms of market per miles, is that you start, I actually start with all the miles of all the modes in the world, including yes. the passenger, passenger not, not, not uh, uh, transporting goods. So, so passenger, my, my figure was uh, that there were 52 trillion kilometers, and in miles it's, uh, about uh, 30 or so and that's the you know 30 so it's 30 trillion miles but you know so starting with that about half were car miles and and so I think it was about 14 trillion miles is the entire addressable market for automobile uh, miles that I felt was like what we should target to convert and of those, the question is how many are short distance and um, what is short? You know, what is the boundary between long and short? Now, here's how they do it. Let's, let's go into their table, which is on page 165. Um, they, they say, and by the way, before I say that, let, let me just point out that 
This isn't directly their own number, but rather they cite data from the, the U.S. Department of Transportation, and yes. they say it's collected between April 2016 and May 2017. And, um, and, but next sentence says, based on historical usage patterns that we have observed on our platform, we believe that this distribution is representative of the distributions of trips globally. So they're saying not only is this the U.S. data accurate, but it's actually what they've observed globally. So we can take it to be roughly what they observe. So they, from that, they, 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 they suggest that uh, the total uh, uh, addressable market, by the way, is uh, 7.5, again, because of the, the regions they're not participating in. And uh, the serviceable part of that is 4.7, in other words, the ones that they think they can capture. But then you break it down by distance. And this is where it gets interesting. So under three miles is the first sub-segment, and then between three and 30 miles is the second sub-segment, and then above 30 miles. So they have three ba basic segments. Within the first one, which is under three, they divide it further between zero and one mile, one to two miles, and two to three miles. And as a percentage of the total trips that people take, this is what it looks like. Under three miles, Less than one mile is 21%. One to two miles is 14%. Two to three miles is 11%. And therefore, the entire under three mile segment is 46%. That's almost half of all miles are under three miles. Um, in fact, I would estimate that under four miles, it's easily going to be 50%. Okay, so that's a rule of thumb. 50% are under five miles. And then in, in looking between 3 and 30 miles, then they divide it further as follows, between 3 and three and 10 miles, so that's only 7 miles as a, as a uh, 7 miles uh, bucket or bin. Uh, we have 32%. Mm -hmm. 10 to 20 miles, and again, that's a 10-mile wide bin, is 13%. 20 to 30 miles is 5%, and therefore between 3 and 30 miles, it's 49%. So again, half are between three and 30 miles. And finally, over 30 miles is 5%. So 95% are under 30. 40, uh, well, 46% is under three, and therefore 50% roughly is under, under four. Yep. And, and so when you put these together, and I've been doing this so-called distributions of miles in bin sizes of one mile width, so we have some fairly good precision. We have at least very good precision, zero to three, then we have a bigger bin, 3 to 10, then the bigger bin, 10 to 20, another one, 20 to 30, and then another one for everything above 30. You do these and you put them up on a graph. This is what I did. You put them up as a graph, and you kind of look as a little bit blocky because the, the ones that are big bins, you know, you flatten those out. So you, between 3 and 10 miles, you, you do it, you know, you do 32%, uh, for example, and 10 to 20, you do 13, and so on. So it doesn't look very smooth. But what you can do is, if you use an approximation of the log normal function, I can actually get the best fit log normal that fits that particular profile. And, and that's the, when you do that, then you're able to compare this against other modes or other, other, you know, let's say car trips in general or taxi trips in particular or even bikes and scooters and see how this distribution of trips compares. Now, again, this is a distribution of trips that they say is representative for them, but it's actually vehicle miles driven as observed by the U.S. And this is kind of interesting that 
it is somewhat, they're saying the market for, for miles is roughly the car market as it stands today. Although there is another set of data for, for the U.S. car, which is census data, that, that is a little bit longer distances than what we see here. Now, the reason this is interesting is that, again, first of all, the, the headline. The headline is half the trips taken by Uber uh, drivers or uh, passengers of Uber are under four miles, half. So the obvious question is, even without knowing all of this, looking at all the subtlety, what does this mean? This means that four miles or even three miles are very easily cycled or very easily scootered or very easily taken with a vehicle that isn't a car. And, you know, even under one mile, it's very easily walked. And one mile is, is a 20-minute walk or less. And yet the 21%... You could argue then, you could put it this way, 21% of Uber trips you could have walked. And half yes. of Uber trips, <laughs> half of... I had somebody point out to me that they actually took a, an Uber for two blocks, which is, I don't know how much is that, but they said, you know, because the, his companion had trouble walking with her, with her shoes. And, 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 and so, yeah, there are reasons you might want to take even a few hundred meters, uh, an Uber drive. But generally speaking, it, it demonstrates that either people are inconvenienced by walking or they prefer to sit down, whatever. But there are alternatives now available vehicles that are short distance uh, focused and accessible and available and economical and everything else. And that's what the premise of micromobility is. And it's even more striking because my the point of parity, point of parity is the point where half, as you can say, the median, Half the trips are below and half the trips are above. And this, to me, for automotive travel, travel, I was assuming it was going to be around 10 to 12 miles. But in this case, it looks like it's Well, that's what you had originally calculated, right? And so I I guess the interesting thing for me is like, if if that's um, the difference between personal car use and what Uber is, what like what what they're, I mean, I know obviously they're, they're saying this is coming from US data, but it's also at the same time, it's obviously going to be skewed to how Uber is used. And if you're if you're serving up mobility as a service, um, and that these trips are being you know they're being accessed in some ways, that actually does end up being that like those are going to be shorter trips because the cost is obviously going to be higher than it would be if you were doing it for personal use on a per yep. on a per mile basis. Yeah. So then, by the way, just to give an idea, though these are trips. If you're pricing trips, it's one thing, but if you're pricing miles, it's another thing. By the way, short miles are going to be more expensive than long miles. So, in fact, their table, again, the one on page 165, summarizes the total percentage of miles. So they actually say under three miles is 8%, and 60% are between 3 and 30 miles. And actually, that 5% that are over 30 miles account for 32% of all miles traveled. But again, you must multiply that figure by what each mile is worth. So the longer distance miles get multiplied by a smaller number and the short distances by a higher number. And I did this myself to try to fa- calculate where the money is. And maybe the money starts to look like it's a little bit further out than three or four miles, the point of parity, the halfway mark. And this is, you know, I need to redo the, based on their, their calculations here. Um, um, but generally, my, my, the observation here, just from the S1 from, uh, from Uber, is that it's a validation that micromobility is exactly where half the 
half the trips are. And I remember from the Lyft S1, by the way, that they also broke out their motivate trips versus their car trips in terms of economic value. And the, their point was that the economic value of short bicycle trips was equal on a profit basis or margin basis, I should say, the short versus the long were, were roughly equivalent. So if you travel one mile on the bike and you travel one mile in the car, it doesn't make a difference to lift. In fact, I think they prefer the vehicle, uh, the gross margin on, the short, on, the, on, their, on their own vehicle versus using a, a, a driver. So if you were to take that and extrapolate it a bit further is to say that half the trips are, you know, of, of, of car, sh- you know, of, of uh, car sharing in general or, or uh, ride hailing, half the economic uh, value is in micro trips and micro mobility as a solution to those trips. And so and it's no wonder then that both companies have invested in micro mobility solutions, case of jump for, for, for uh, Uber and, and motivate for Lyft. And I think they're going to expand these, these, uh, these investments in the future organically, but also potentially with acquisitions. I know jump is doing things with scooters now and, and so therefore Uber is doing things with scooters now. So, um, so this is why it's, it's, it's wonderful and refreshing, first of all, to see the same methodology applied in terms of defining their market. Secondly, to actually see that the short, the short uh, distance bias is, uh, is prevalent um, and, and even more so than I would have thought. Even more short distance uh, skew uh, exists in, the, in this data. So um, it's it's a uh, it's a great great validation of the of the micromobility thesis here, um, and I would answer when I put this out on Twitter. Most people said, "Well, you know, this means it's a threat uh, to Uber because so much of that load and uh, distance miles um, trips are can be delivered with an alternative." But I said, "But yes, it is." But at the same time, the fact that they're investing demonstrates that they're aware of that um, and that they're they're probably going to... And, and the way I put it is, actually, I consider Uber a micromobility company. I consider Lyft a micromobility company. Both are, are fully cognizant of, of uh, the threat and are not treating it as, a, as an incumbent would towards a disruptor. They're not ignoring it. They're not saying we're going to flee away from the market. We're not going to flee. You can't flee half your market. You can't flee under three-mile trips. You know that's your bread and butter. And this was evident also when Didi, back in uh, early last year, I believe, um, so about a year ago, invested in, in OFA, which was demonstrating already that they probably saw the zero to three kilometer business going away from 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 their uh, core markets. So, um, and China, yeah, yeah, totally. In China, yeah. In China, the, the, the distances that were provided by, by bike sharing, uh, free-float bike sharing, were clearly eating into their business, and they made that investment a year ago. Now, um, so it's no surprise that, oh, so you have three, the three biggest car-sharing companies in the world. And I, I even think Grab, Grab, which is another one of the uh, top uh, car uh, car. Yen, um, and Yandex Taxi in, 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 um, in Russia as well are investing in micromobility. All of these car companies are, because why? Because their business is mobility, is not vehicles. As a seller of mobility, you're, 
you're completely immediately see you see microbiology and you jump all over it because it is not you're not allergic to it. It's consistent with your with your business model. It's consistent with the idea that you're a market maker between uh, solutions, whether they're driven or not, whether they're a human driver or a robotic driver or or no driver, as the micromobility case is. Your job is to put people together with transportation uh, solutions. And so they're a market maker, right, fundamentally. But the economics of micromobility are such that you need to actually own the vehicles and operate the vehicles, and they didn't shy away from that. That was the well, big question. Well, that's an interesting thing. I actually wonder if they do need to do that. And, and, this is, and the reason that I say that is um, they've obviously done the partnership with Lime, and that doesn't feature in any of the, any of the financials. I, I couldn't find any reference to, it other, other, to Lime other than um, out of a competitor. But when you look at it, Jump's actually only got... Um, when they listed their their assets and, and liabilities, there's there's only about ten million dollars worth of inventory for the, the for the jump bikes, so they really haven't scaled um, the micro mobility offering that much. And when you look at the number of cities that it's deployed in, I think they're in like forty markets or something like that for jump. I would say that they're actually taking a very kind of like quite cautious approach to rolling this out and letting a lot of the the early hype around what's happened with um, Bird and Lime to kind of go and die away. I, I, the one part that I do find really interesting is, is, is you obviously they they talk about in the, the the risk section of the business where they see the biggest risks and one of the biggest ones that they talk about is the caps on micromobility um, and the rollout of this stuff. I'm really curious from your perspective. They are very well placed for it, but what what from a business perspective, how are they able to really capture all of that if they are up against all this stuff as, as a city? Do you think it's entirely going to be shared and, and jump? Um, it's going to be the only one that's, well, not the only one, but like it's going to be the predominant player. How do you see that playing out? Well, you know, it's so early days and there's, there's so, the, one thing I learned at this bicycle conference, by the way, there's another thing. Uh, San Francisco will drop a report on Monday, tomorrow, about the first year of jump operations in San Francisco, and in particular, not just a jump, but but all, all micro mobility, what what's going on there. And oh, I, was, I saw cool. I saw a preview of that. It's a, it's a report that was uh, some 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 details from it uh, were being uh, were being shared in this talk at this conference. Um, and uh, I might I might let's see if I can even dig up some of these notes, but. Uh, the you know like seventy five percent of trips were less than twenty five minutes and seventy percent of trips were under two miles and uh, the demand um, were two hundred forty two thousand three hundred ninety eight trips through February and so on and so on details but um, yet yeah, your question yeah I think that there that is the limitation is, is if you think about the regulation and if you think about how how cities would restrict access to 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 alternatives and um, in fact it's peculiar that they are more restrictive about access to micromobility than they are accessing uh, you know access to cars which are clearly inadequate for delivering on three one to three mile trips um the part that i re- i really want to go back to actually is is your point around the economics for micromobility um for you know my point around it's like yeah obviously they've got jump um, and, and like they've been very slow to roll that out. But actually, when you look at the economics of it, I mean, when you break out the economics of what it costs to provision a cost of a ride um, on the traditional ride sharing platform on Uber, you've got the sort of, you know, there's a, there's a 
fair amount of money that's spent on um, cost of customer acquisition and driver incentives, and then dri uh, sorry driver acquisition and customer acquisition, and then driver incentives on top of that, and then on top of that you've got insurance and background checks and everything you have to do on the drivers, and then from that they only take twenty one percent. Absolutely. So that, that right? that's so what they lift. They've only got like um, ten million dollars of revenue, or sorry, ten billion dollars of revenue coming into the ride sharing business. But then if you but if you were to go and say, well, the vehicle we own and operate this thing, um, and 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 we get you know whatever it is, the the uh, we can capture a hundred percent of the like hundred percent of the revenue of that four or five dollar ride. You're you're actually far better off um, than you would be on a on on the sort of the lower. Yeah, rate. and that, that that's what I was hinting at. It was with the lift data is that they. The economics on so first of all, let's talk about the downside of short trips as far as the driver is concerned, as far as the the uh, the, oper the 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 ride ride hailing company is concerned. Is that think about this? You know, sometimes a person has to drive five miles to pick somebody up to drive them one mile. So you you you've got the so-called deadhead um, miles, which are those without a passenger. Are substantially higher than the than, than the miles driven with a passenger, and so the compensation for the whole journey is really low, and and so the driver feels that pain more than anyone because they're driving the vehicle for those dead dead miles, and then they you know they're only getting compensated for a very short. And I've heard this over and over again that the the the, the trips that every Uber driver desires are long trips. You know, like you know, fifty miles or a hundred dollars worth of, of of travel. So the, um, the what? So the, this is a win-win-win. It's a win to get rid of for the driver. They you can you can argue micromobility is disruptive to drivers because it's, they want to get rid of those low low end miles. They just hate them. Uh, they're not profitable. They don't want to do them. The 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 company. Is is actually for them right? Uh, Micro mobility is sustaining. So for a, if they invest, they would get a high profit mile. Uh, relatively speaking, of course, there's still some some question about overall profitability of of micro mobility. Uh, depends on a lot of factors, but still, they 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 are looking at a at a pretty solid potential business to handle the low end with by their own fleet, as opposed to hiring drivers to do those low end miles. And thirdly, it's a win for the for the passenger because they end up getting probably the the, the distance covered faster. They're going to be healthier. They're going to probably be cheaper, and all these benefits uh, from 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 this this mode of, of transport. Now, not all miles are going to convert. Not all short miles are going to convert. So, when we're talking about total addressable, it's not necessarily what actually will will be captured. But it's clear that you know, in in a market for miles, my always the claim has been that there's a lot of opportunity at the low end, and there's, there's the, 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 this S1 simply re re um, iterates this. So um, yeah, the economics. Well, it for does ask me I, the, the one part that I do think about is the fact that like, and this is a part that came up in the conversation with Riley as well when we when we were talking to him about the, what the venture capital dynamics are. And and the fact that like hey building a global product for these for these markets is actually really really hard so that's going to be obviously the challenge for something like lime and um, lime and, and lime and bird but um, being able to have the demand aggregation and knowing what the demand is for Uber I mean I could see that they'd be willing to do a volume play here where they say hey look for for you you can come and plug your 
your scooter operator, you know, your scoot fleet, scooter fleet operations into our uh, into our thing, and we'll take ten percent of the ride revenue. And for a lot of for a lot of companies, that'll be actually like a very viable, um, you know, lo- long term strategy for for being able to handle all of that side of the business. And actually, Uber would then be able to just effectively take the cream, um, and then not have to think about the operational side of this. And and I think that's where it gets really interesting because then that allows you to scale in the same way that it has done with the ride sharing business, but still being able to address those low end of the, the those low end miles. Yeah, no, it's it's. I yeah I don't know I couldn't have asked for a better validation of this thesis and uh, this 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 uh, this report is clearly doing that and I would also by the way add uh, should shout out one more thing and that's um, there's a report out by by um, uh, Barclays Bank on micromobility um, and I just unfortunately it's not a it's not something that we can share it's not public. But uh, but they they also and and I maybe let me just look up the uh, some of the uh, reports. Um, sorry, um, uh, first of all, the the author is Christina Church, or rather, she is one of the authors, and um, and she was present at the conference and um, uh, in 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 January. I believe she's going to come to the one in in Berlin as well. And, uh, so, so Christina church, uh, let me just, uh, see if I can open quickly some of their, uh, some of their, yeah. So, so these are things that they've put in this report. They call it a signature thematic report on micromobility and, uh, it's 80 plus pages. Uh, they describe, uh, 88, I think pages, um, they call it the hundred and you know micro mobility one hundred and one. Uh, the, the what is micro mobility? Not just scooters, obviously. The same thesis we've had. Uh, why is it happening now? Uh, why it's uh, you know all the sharing economy, mobile payments, smart cities, sustainability, connectivity, all the things which made it possible. All the all the uh, uh, enabling technologies. They get into the the same data on, on the growth rate uh, of uh, uh, Uber, Lyft versus Limebird and, um, and how quickly it's happening, how big of a market it could be. And I'm reading this from the public data the, or public res, uh, uh, description of it. So they say, for example, that 4% of total U.S. miles are, are addressable um, and they built a model on that. And they said 1.1 trillion global passenger miles will be uh, available to micromobility by the mid-2020s. Again, the same approach, slightly different quantification, obviously, but the same approach about a market for miles. Um, they equate this to a, an 800 billion, do- uh, sorry, 800 billion euro revenue opportunity and um, split into 22 billion euros for micro OEM manufacturers and 200 million uh for hardware suppliers now just a note let me let me ask siri how much 800 billion euros is <laughs> uh the answer is that according to barclays report the um micromobility market is 900 billion 905 billion dollars a year um, that's equivalent to uh, 800 billion euros so my estimate is somewhere around one trillion. So we're not too far apart, and and so that's the um, 
that's what's what's important is that we, we you know sort of recognize the the scale of this opportunity for for um, you know after a year of thinking about it that we managed to um, to define this market as 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 a trillion dollar market. In addition, the the two companies Lyft and Uber IPOing very very uh, soon uh, um, are. Putting uh, themselves out there, and, and markets are valuing them between, you know, I think Lyft at twenty billion, approximately seventeen, I think, at the last close, and potentially the uh, Uber IPO is going out at a hundred billion. So between them, about let's say one hundred and fifteen or so, um, we'll you know we'll see that fluctuate dramatically, I'm sure. But the 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 whole thing is that I'll you know so so just for those who are not familiar this market capitalization is really the expected future value of the of the profits from these two businesses whereas the the 800 or billion euros or 900 billion dollars or 1 trillion dollars that we're citing from from Barclays or myself that's gross revenues so so what's what's possible in terms of profit capture is very hard to to be precise on but if you were to say, okay, these two companies, which I consider to be micromobility companies, were to be, let's say, half of their revenue or half of their profit, I should say again, half of their profit were to come from micro, then then micro already is being priced, at least these two companies are being priced at the you know 50 to 60 billion dollar range. So 50 or 60 billion dollars of market capitalization, one trillion dollars market market uh, gross revenue addressable market we're starting to talk about real money here so um yeah yeah you know it's it's after a year and we started this podcast a year ago saying hey you know there's a market for miles at the low end we think vehicles that are not cars are going to be very exciting at the low end and now we're seeing the markets reacting um we're seeing reports being written uh, we're, we're seeing uh validation from from uh the way these companies are are investing and and it's not just the bubble from uh, from scooters or the bubble from bike share the bubble from free floating it's it, there's a serious demand for uh there's an there's an evidence of demand for short trip distances how we're going to get those to be profitable how we're going to get those to be sustainable how we're going to get those to be adoptable by consumers in large scale that remains to be seen, and those who do it are the ones who are going to benefit from it and, and profit from it and, and create uh, uh, wealth for themselves and, and for the world. So it's not, it's not at this point we're exactly where we should be in terms of the formation of a new industry. We have startup capital, we have validation, we have talent and and uh, and uh, energy being applied. And and now it's just a matter of experimentation. There'll be plenty of victims and plenty of failures, but there'll also be plenty of successes. So that's a, I think on reflection, this is kind of for me a a um, a mark. Uh, a kind of we can check, put the check uh, mark next to saying after one year we've we've uh, we've survived. We've made micromobility into a word that everybody knows. By the way, I, I just did a search recently. There were two and a half million hits on Google for the word micromobility. And um, I'm very pleased to see that 
being uh, being so so um, so widely in use. I, I remember in last September I said at the second micromobility summit in Copenhagen I said you know one of the things I'm proud of last year was having introduced the word, and now I'm hoping you all will take the word further. And that was only back in uh, in September last year, so about six months ago. Um, and so anyway, the uh, things are going really well, and um, we're really looking forward to the next the next um, conference, uh, which is in uh, again. Really, you should sign up for this in Berlin. Um, yep, October first. October first, Berlin. Um, it's um, early bird is two hundred seventy euro. Oh, sorry, three hundred seventy euros. I think that price is going to go up soon as we get into the the regular pricing. Um, and uh, we're, we're aiming, uh, and this is very speculative, we're aiming at 500 people. We had 650 people show up in California. Maybe we're being overly modest with 500 here, but, but um, you know, it's our first time in Europe. We don't know how, how it works as well. Uh, and so let's see, let's see how it goes. And uh, we've got our book ready coming out in, in May. And uh, many more news to come, I'm sure. And they also, uh, the other point as well that we should mention is the micromobility um, membership. Oh, yes, membership. That's right, of course. What am I thinking? So, um, so the newsletter, and uh, you can sign up for, how do folks sign up actually? Is, is it? Um, they just go to micromobility.io and then there's links off from sure. there to Substack. So go to micromobility.io and you have... Uh, we 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 are hoping uh, so it's called MMM or th- 3M. No, we, we can't use 3M. We're going to just call it MMM. Uh, <laughs> so become a member. Uh, so this is a premium subscription service. Um, you'll uh, unlock event discounts. Um, you'll get live conference calls with yours truly. Uh, you're going to get newsletter. So this is the and you get advanced you get advanced uh, advanced. Uh, notice on some of these things like for example this particular podcast which i believe will be coming out as one of the uh, in the inaugural uh, pieces of premium content <laughs> there you go um i am such a lousy salesperson i didn't even mention this but yes the uh, membership right. you, i uh, i had completely neglected to mention yeah so, uh, so micromobility now is offering memberships and micromobility uh conferences are are you know are running off and in in in, in in the new direction in Europe, and um, we're very happy to see all this happen. Uh, very happy to have been a part of you know this this story. So, what more can I say? Um, delighted. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you very much, Horace, as always, and uh, look forward to talking to you soon. Cheers. Cheers.